Welcome back to Poolside Podcast. You're listening to episode number 38, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. This episode is kind of a milestone for me, um, mostly because I remember Brookline from my university days when they gave presentations in my PR class, um, which really then they became the first and only PR company that I had ever heard of, not really understanding what PR was since I was in a communications degree at UFC where we weren't really learning very many practical real world things. Um, so that was really my first introduction to PR and marketing and the possibility of what a career after university could look like. Um, I applied to be an intern at Brookline during university and didn't get it, but that's okay. I had other great internships and I have been in meetings with them with my old agency and so they've kind of come and gone throughout my entire marketing communications time so far in my life. So to be sitting across the table with Shauna McDonald, Brookline's CEO and founder was amazing, not only for this podcast because she's amazing and very successful, but how far I have come in my career as well. And just to look back on where I started when I was learning at first what PR was to where my career has taken me through PR and through marketing and now into obviously own my own business. So I was honored to sit down with Shauna and hear the full journey of Brookline and how she has grown it over the last 15 years. Shauna shares how she started the boutique PR agency from scratch and why she has chosen to remain boutique, but also being able to land huge national brands. We talk about how PR came from traditional media when there was no social media back in the olden days and how it has evolved with the emergence of Instagram, Facebook and all of that. Of course, the landscape has changed and most of it has become digital, but she talks about how the concepts are very similar and it's not necessarily about the upcoming trends and what to look for in 2019, but it is evolving who we are speaking to as businesses and thinking about how they are making decisions. So thinking about, it used to be how millennials are making decisions, but now we've moved on to what Gen Z is doing and how to get them to engage and to listen to these brands. Shana shares great advice for finding a work-life balance and how she and her company put family first as long as the work is being done. And she shares her advice for people who want to start a business and for anybody looking to get into the entrepreneurship world. This is a great episode. And like I said, I was super honored to be able to interview Shauna. So I hope you like it as much as I did. Let's jump into it. Here is Shauna. Welcome back to the podcast. I am sitting here in Brookline with Shauna. Thank you so much for sitting down with me. Oh, this is exciting. Thanks for having us. Do you want to start with introducing yourself and what you do? Sure. I'm Shauna McDonald. I'm the principal and founder of Brookline PR. And we're celebrating 15 years this year in business, which is really exciting. And we're one of Canada's leading boutique PR agencies, and we just happen to be based in Calgary. That's amazing. I actually, I did communications in school, so I've seen presentations all throughout university. Um, I think I applied for your internship, so I have full knowledge of Brookline. Awesome. So I'm excited to be sitting here um, to do this. So let's start with 
what you wanted to be when you grew up. Was this was this your plan? No. <laughs> Hell no. I wanted to be a well. Okay, what what age am I starting at? Like when I was five, I wanted to be a ballerina. <laughs> and um, then and how then, did that go? <laughs> um, I went into undergrad in business, mm-hmm. and I was adamant on being an investment banker. Um, I knew numbers; they came easy to me. That's what I wanted to be. And I took um, uh, a year abroad in Mexico and worked and lived in Mexico, but also went to school. And I met this phenomenal professor. And they're like, you've got this marketing knack. Like, have you really thought through that? Because you've got numbers down, but I don't see that as a career path for you. And I was gobsmacked. I was like, nope, investment banking is where I'm going. So I came back to university. I went to Queens. And I kind of thought of moving my and shifting my my courses around and dived into marketing. And at that time, PR, PR and business is not a typical program in the business program, but there was a little element of PR that really got my attention. So um, I moved into PR from there and went and did my master's in Boston and um, I haven't looked back ever since. So that was a very long-winded response <laughs> to what I wanted to be. So from a ballerina to an investment banker to now PR. Wow, and how did Brookline come to be? How did Brookline come to be? So um, if I go back to my Boston days, so I, after Queens, I went to Boston, did my master's in communications at Boston University. It was an amazing time, a city that I love to go back to it as much as I can. And I um, found myself going into investment banking and communications, so I worked at Fidelity Investments, but I was bored to tears. And someone said, Shawnee, you will love agency. And at that time, I, I couldn't comprehend what that meant, what it looked like. So I just dived in, got an internship at a really phenomenal agency in Boston and loved it. Worked there for four years in Boston. And then um, a man brought me back to Calgary. So I moved back to Calgary and worked with another really reputable PR agency here in town. Um, but I come from an entrepreneurial family and I knew that I always wanted to start my business. So I decided to do that um, on my own at the age of 30. Wow. Yeah. And what did, where did the name come from? Where does Brookline come from? That's a great question. Um, so going back to Boston, I live in the neighborhood called Brookline. So mm-hmm. when I started my own agency, I really wanted to pay homage to where I learned the, the craft. And I learned it in Boston with phenomenal clients, with great mentors, and it's a near and dear place in my heart. That's awesome. Yeah, and all the pictures that you see in the agency are, are from yeah. Brookline. Oh, cool. Yeah. And when you started Brookline, did you already have clients that you could bring over, or were you starting just from scratch and had to go out and scratch door knock? My <laughs> scratch yeah. my friend. But it was really good. I had a, I had a great network, uh, quite frankly, across the country because I just had a great um, relationship um, opportunity that I had in the agency that I worked at before. So yes, it was a big leap of faith, and um, but I knew that if I was going to do it, I had to do it now. And so I started with with no clients, no staff, and here we are today. Here we are, 15 here we are. years later. I know, I, you, I just told you my age, but anyway. <laughs> Soon to be, not yet. <laughs> and so you are a boutique agency. Yes. And so you're in the industry of large indus- large agencies. agencies There's yeah. a ton of them. So how come you have remained a boutique agency when I'm sure you could have expanded or sold or something? How come you stuck to boutique agency? Well, I come from large 
big box, right? So the agency that I was at before for five years was big box. The agency that I worked with in Boston was boutique. So I, I got the difference right away. Um, boutique to a lot of people means often expensive or higher end, for sh but I think at the end of the day, it's independence. You have the independence to do the work that you want to do at the price that you want to make it at for the people that you want to work with. And absolutely, I've had the opportunity to either look at a merger or either be acquired or acquire. And I have always said that the doors never shut, but it just the right opportunity hasn't come along yet. That doesn't mean that Brookline's not growing. We've got great affiliates across the country. We've got a presence in Edmonton and Toronto and Calgary. Um, and I also don't think that you need to be big box to do amazing work. And it's proven in the 15 years that we've been in business. Right. And when you have huge clients as well that you're doing amazing work for. So. Yeah. And I think, you know, in this day and age, big brands don't mean you need a big box agency. They're looking for the right fit. And they're more, they're quite frankly, even, you know, working with larger, larger clients, they're savvy. They want out of the box creative ideas. And I'm not saying big boxes can't do that. I'm just saying when you're boutique, you've got more flexibility and independence to kind of work within any. Uh, any art not or no boundaries right well especially because marketing and PR has changed so much that standing out and being different especially in the digital world is important and so coming up with those ideas you really need it to get ahead of right. all the other companies the lands, for sure the landscape has absolutely changed yeah and which brings me to my next question I know you're going there <laughs> um, do you want to talk about how PR has changed over the years since you started and how Brookline has kind of evolved with it for sure. So again, I'm going to date myself. Um, <laughs> social media wasn't around when I started Brookline, right? There was no Twitter. There was no Facebook. There was no uh, any additional platform you can mention, right? Instagram, whatever. So it absolutely has evolved. So I think if you look back, you know, 15 years ago, it was much more traditional. The media landscape was very much defined by television, radio, online newspapers were wow, right? That was crazy. Um, and it's, it, it's evolved since then, but I think in, in being in this industry and being in PR, you have to be able to predict that, right? So knowing that now we've got these social platforms, where were they going back then when they started? We had to predict that they were actually going to have a much more majority play in, in the space of PR. So PR is no longer, we've got a traditional play and a digital play. It is all, quite frankly, just PR. You can't define it anymore by traditional or digital. Just all-encompassing should be that. So I think the trend from social media absolutely cracked the shell open, but I think in a huge, exciting way. Um, and I think digital platforms out there and the, the, the fact that visual is so king and content is so king right now really pushes the envelope in anything that we do. Right. And what are some of the current trends in PR or trends that are coming up for 2019 that you think are going to be big? I think, I don't know if there are new trends, but I think there's there's things that are going on right now where you have to look at your audience. Like uh, when you're doing campaigns for a particular brand, who is it that you're speaking to? And for the longest time, it's what's Gen Y thinking, right? What the millennials, what, what do they want? How do they see it? How do they buy? What's their purchasing power? Now it's Gen Z, right? Like how are they t going to be the next powerhouse of decision makers? So I think the trends are not necessarily what's the next thing. It's also who are we speaking to 
and who's going to have the power to make those decisions. Right. Wow. Oh, I like that. And you're based in Calgary, like you said. Obviously, we're here in Calgary. Um, how do you think that has shaped Brookline's trajectory in growing, in reaching different clients? You know, I um, coming from Boston and working in New York, you know, often. And when I first came back to Calgary, I was like, honestly, like, you know, like it was not exciting for me. Course, I came back for a man and, and um, we're married to this day and we're a little <laughs> boy, so it's all good. But you're in this big um, metropolitan cosmopolitan city and you come back. And But since then, this city has just grown up and grown up so much. And um, even whether the economy is soft, whether the economy is blowing up, the entrepreneurial spirit is here. And I think um, looking back, it was the absolute right decision to come home. Well, Calgary's home for me. Um, but also to start a business here. Entrepreneurs support entrepreneurs. Um, and I'm so grateful for everyone who was so excited that I was starting my own shop. They all said it's about time. They knew it, it was in my blood. And so I think the trajectory is because of where I started it and the support system here and the people who wanted me and Brookline to succeed. And I don't think you can say that about any many cities out there. Or quite frankly, maybe you can, but I don't know of. Right. No, Calgary is huge for supporting small businesses and local businesses. It is, and I, and I, because of that, it's this pay it forward piece. So for me, knowing someone who wants to start a business, they'll come to me and say, Shauna, what are the pros and cons? What was keeping you up at night? Like, I'm there to have, more than happy to chat with them. So I think it ultimately the spirit of the city um, goes a long way. The maverick notion of the city is second to none. And what are some of the challenges you faced while building Brookline? over the past 15 years in Calgary and Alberta? So the flip side, so this is the flip side to that is yes, Calgary is amazing. Yes, um, it has such an entrepreneurial spirit. Some of the challenges that a company faces who has big national dreams is there's still this, there's, um, this misperception that because you're based in Calgary, you can't do national work. And I think that's bullshit, right? I think people are now understanding it's digital. It's who has the best, um, who has the best ideas, who has the best uh, track record, who has the best expertise, no matter where they're based. So um, I would say if there's any challenges, they're getting better. Sometimes the, the oh, you're based in Calgary, you wouldn't be able to work from Martin in Toronto. Again, but it's getting better. Right. You just have to prove yourself and you have to prove them wrong. Exactly. Well, like you said, it's all digital anyway. So 100%. But there's still, the, there's still the notion out there today. Right. And, uh, and there's companies that are breaking that notion. And, and Brookline is continuing to break that notion. But you still have to have that conversation, right? Right. Which I would think by now we should have. Right. And do you find that you struggle or there's more limitations with that because uh, people want to work with PR companies like in Toronto because they see Toronto as like a bigger city? Have you had challenges with that? When, when the companies want national coverage and they're not based in Toronto, it's not an issue. Right. When there's companies that are based out east that want national coverage and you're like, wait a second, we, we rock that industry, we know that sector. It's just a harder climb. Right, right, but totally doable yeah. anyways. Um, you have a huge list of clients that are great. Um, what are some of the challenges that you see brands facing today when it comes to PR marketing? and doing all of that? 
Honestly, I think I want to flip that. I think brands are doing a great job of moving digital. I think there's a lot of ideas out there and just cool campaigns. Um, I think brands need to make sure that they're constantly authentic and transparent, and people know that, right? Through the through the voice of social uh, media and citizen journalism, people know when you're not authentic, and I think brands are really getting there and doing a great job of it. Um, I just think. It, with any brand out there, the challenge is that people will always, there will always be naysayers. There will always be people poking at your authenticity and you have to be just continuing to own who you are. Right. And that's for brands, that's for personal brands too. Really exactly. anybody using social media yeah. should yeah, adhere to that. Sure. Um, and what advice would you give entrepreneurs who can't hire a PR agency um, who are looking to build their brand from a PR agency, beside, or a PR perspective, besides being authentic, is there anything else that you would advise them to start with? From a PR perspective or from an entrepreneurial perspective? Who are starting a business, who own a small business, right? and okay. want to grow their brand from a PR perspective. How would you, okay. what advice would you give them? Um, I think from my point of view, and I'll wear both my entrepreneurial hat and also my PR hat is, if you want if you want to use PR you don't have to um, you can do it on your own I think if anything you need to know who you are and what your story is and what differentiates you so whether you are a new yoga shop down the street or if you come up with this new cutting-edge technology what is it that differentiates you tell it in a very succinct way and make that story interesting right and oftentimes entrepreneurs get so caught up that they are that they can't articulate uh, the message where someone like a PR expert can help them. Um, the other piece of that is when you're going to start your own business and you want to go out there and market it, you have to love what you do, be passionate about it, and as that spokesperson, it has to come through. And we've had clients where they are the most smart, um, innovative person but they may not be the person to tell the story. So you also have to be able to take that ego hat off and say, listen, I love it. I may not be the right person to be the messenger, but we are. Right. And it is so you to take a step back sometimes and because you're so involved, like right in the center of your business to have exactly. an outside perspective. And someone else in the organization, again, we're still going to get paid you respect and homage of the founder and the innovator of the organization, but maybe the spokesperson or someone else that can tell that narrative better. Right. Right. Um, and Brookline... It has given back to the community through pro bono work and through speaking to communication students and doing events like that. Can you tell us about why that is important to you and to Brookline? Oh, I think it's so important. Um, number one, we love going into uh, post-secondary institutions and chatting with the students because either they become a client, they become, I hire them, um, or we get to know them in, in a different uh, facet. But for us, we like to pay back because because um, it's, our, it's our industry, it's our profession. So if we feel that we can, we can lend insight into the industry and help students coming up with a different perspective or a cool case study, it's going to make them better practitioners and ultimately um, they're going to be better for it. And then from a um, community relations and giving back from a charitable perspective, um, we like to align ourselves in terms of brands we believe in. When I started out with Brookline, one that we're very
very passionate about with the CIBC Monthly the Cure. We're an all-female staff, and that's obviously primarily female-driven. Um, but since then, we've really broadened out. So it all depends on um, what's happening in the community and what our, what our interests lie, but we always want to align with our brand. Right. It's really important. Mm-hmm. What I think, like you said, to pay it forward in Calgary because everyone's been supportive of you as you're growing and all the people that you know, so it's important to Absolutely. give that back as yeah. well. Um, and like you just mentioned, most of your team, or all of your team, yeah. is women. Um, so what advice would you give either students that are listening or just women in general for business? If they want to start a business or if they are growing in their career, what advice would you give them? How so? As a woman, as a woman. or in general? As a woman in business who want to, they have to work in a male-dominated business or they're just starting a company. So just the challenges that you've faced as a woman um, and since you have grown a team of mm-hmm. just women, what advice would you give? So this is where I kind of get excited because um, I honestly think for any woman out there wanting to start a business or be successful in business, they have to remove that five-letter word from their vocabulary. It's not that I'm a woman in business. I'm someone in business, right? And when I started Brookline, I I have honestly never had to feel the effect of the glass ceiling. I don't know, maybe I have, and I've just ignored it. Maybe I've been completely ignorant. But I've always said, you need to go in assuming that you're going to be the best person for the job, not the best woman, not the best man, the best person for the job. The moment you get the mindset that I'm a woman in business, you have you have a detriment against you, right? The moment you start thinking it, someone else is going to think that. So I've always said, ignore that mantra. It's I'm the best person in the business. I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to have the best uh, opportunity that I can. And the only person setting me back from that is me, no one else. And so we actually just had a discussion about that this morning and I'm like, we need to not have that as a crutch, right? And it pisses me off that there is still that conversation out there. Are there enough women on boards? No. Is there a conversation around there that we need more women in business and more women here? Absolutely. But I think that um, from a, from my perspective, we need to do a better job of that as well, not just the circle of influence around us. Right. I actually really like that, and I totally agree with you that we are making such a difference, especially now because it's become such a part of our culture and social media and it gains so much traction that it's you're differentiating yourself before you even get going, basically. That you are a woman, so therefore... If, in, in this day and age, that shouldn't be part of the conversation, right? right? It should be, these are this is who is on my team, these are the best people for the job, and move forward. Right. If they happen to be 100% women, which is my business, we, hire, we interview um, all walks of life, all genders, and it just so happens in the PR industry, 99% of the resumes we get are women. Right. So the chance of this being all female is very, very high, but we've, we've uh, it hasn't always been that way. Right, yeah, and I think it's important, especially for students that are coming out of school um, or who are looking to like switch their job or start a business, to just focus on building their skills and building their mm-hmm. networking rather than focus on trying to grow because you're a woman or use that as, like you said, kind of a crutch or like, I'm a woman, this is my business, therefore you should support me. Well, and I mean that in the most 
professional way. I'm not saying that women are using that as a crutch, but when people say to me, Shauna, what have been your challenges starting your business? It's never been, well, I had this because I was a woman or I was not taken serious. I've never had that. And that could either be because I've been very lucky or because I've never had that mindset to think that way. It's just, we win business because we've done great work. I happened to hire 15 women because they were the best people for the job. Enough said. Right. Oh, I think that's awesome. And I think I'm sure the people that work for you also appreciate that mindset and knowing that they can just do their job because they're yeah. the best for it. Yeah. Um, speaking as a leader, what have been the... I was reading the question, but I kind of wanted to reword oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, what have you learned about yourself as a leader over the years of running your company? Oh, you flipped this one. I did. Ask <laughs> that again. Um, what have you learned about yourself as a leader while running your company? Ooh, okay, so I can answer this. What I've okay. You'll probably get to this. What have I learned about myself as a leader throughout the years is my leadership has changed and evolved once having a family. Okay. With once I I have two young boys and you become more vulnerable, you you become more flexible and I honestly think you become a better leader because you have multiple responsibilities, you have other things in your life that you need to make sure that you prioritize and because of that you become a better leader you become a better listener you become someone who um, is open to different ways because you just have to make it work right and so I think that's one thing that I've seen in myself over the years is is because of my kids you become a better leader right and how do you achieve sorry, sorry. how do you achieve that work-life balance since obviously since you have kids now, so there are things you have to prioritize in your family. Yeah. Have you been able to have tactics or tools you've used to gain work-life balance? You know, that's an, I love this question. <laughs> I don't think work, like with an, as an entrepreneur and as someone who runs a business with a family, I don't think you're ever going to have consistent balance. It's not in the cards, ever. And I say that to anyone listening who is going to start a, a family and a, a company and do everything under under that that guise. However, you have to be um, of the mind flexible enough that it will eventually find you. And what I mean by that is, one week I might be completely gobsmacked by throw up and barf in my house. Sorry, with two young kids, and that has taken over my life. And then the next week, it might be I'm staying late at work to catch up on that. And then the next week, it might be something from a personal perspective. And it all works itself out. But if, but if someone who's trying to start a business and run a family wants that consistent work-life balance, you can't be so hard on yourself. As long as you have the mindset that it will eventually get there and you have self-awareness, right. it's okay. Right. And it, it, did I accept that right away absolutely not but you can't beat yourself up and you can't beat yourself up because you you wear so many hats in the world of entrepreneurship right no I love that and it is it is the self-awareness and just 
doing what you can, doing the best you can. Absolutely. And surround yourself with people who support you in every facet, right? Right. Well, I'm sure your husband plays a huge part in that as well, to have yes. the balance and communication. With He's that. awesome. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you do to disconnect and recharge? So I thought about this. Um, a few like typical things. I, I try to work out when I can, and we love to travel as a family, and we love to ski. But one of the things that people don't know much about is that I'm a huge, loud, and proud hockey mom. So both my boys play hockey, and that that is truly something that I love. I love being part of it. I love that they are physically active and on in a team environment. But um, it's something that just it's it's a it's a great circle of friends and great circle for the kids, and I love it. And the teenager knows that I love it, and they think I'm crazy. But yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And then you can focus. You don't have to. You're just focused on your oh, kids. So focused. Watch the game. Yes. Get into it. Yell when necessary. Yes. <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> not a wrap. Yeah. Um, and this question is not on our list. Okay. But uh, what advice would you give people who want to start a business? So I think I said I said this a little bit when you talked to me about what, what you could suggest from a PR perspective for entrepreneurs. But I love this question. I get it often. Is what, what advice would I give to someone who would start a business is you need to know if you really want to start a business, ask yourself, Am I willing to go all the way? And what I mean by that is when you start a business, the lights do not turn off at 5 p.m., right? It is constantly, if, if you're that true entrepreneur, if you're always thinking about it, something might pop up in the middle of the night. You might need to, like, I don't know, be on, be on an airplane to another market because something, some phenomenal opportunity has just happened. You can't say no. So it is an always-on game. Um, and that's what a true entrepreneur is and you have to be okay with that and that's where I think the great ideas come from I think that's where entrepreneurs succeed is knowing that this is not a nine-to-five business this is an all-in 24-7 business and that's where I say work-life balance you have to really work for it right I love that and I hope that everyone who is starting a business or thinking of starting a business really understand that yeah so we did talk about how hard entrepreneurship is and that it does take up a lot of time, but for people that are at a corporate job and have an idea or a passion um, and want to become an entrepreneur, what advice would you give them or tips that you would give them for being an entrepreneur? Well, I think in terms of advice, we talked about like the, the clock doesn't stop, right? It's always 24-7. But I think there are some perks too. And I think one of the things that I so enjoy is that you do have this flexibility. And as a working mom, you so appreciate that. And I ensure that the team at, at Brookline also knows that and can take advantage of that. Where the, wherein, for example, if my son wants me to volunteer on a school trip, there I will, no problem. Or if... We talked about me being this loud and proud hockey mom. So if he's got a hockey game at 4 o'clock, I'm going to go. But that also extends to the team. So making sure that people know you've got this flexibility. Everyone has in their life more than just their work. And so knowing that you know, you're going to work hard, you're going to enjoy your time at Brookline, but go and play hard too in the sense of having that flexibility to do what you love outside of these four walls. And as an entrepreneur, I think flexibility is, is required. Um, 
and it, you just appreciate it so much more because you know that the work's going to get done, but maybe not in the confines of a certain stop and finish hour. Right, which is, I mean, that's why I started my own business as well, because I didn't do well with the 9 to 5, and that's when you had to work. And if you had something to do, or you wanted to go to the gym, or your brain just literally stopped working at yeah. 2 p.m., that you couldn't get up and go somewhere or do something. Well, and I think working moms today, who I think are the superheroes of our culture, um, need that, right? They, they need to know that, listen, we're going to get the job done, uh, we're going to do it phenomenally well, but I might just have to take my son or daughter to a dentist or a ballet recital, but trust me, it's going to get done. And I know it will, and I know they appreciate that, and they appreciate the flexibility to do that. Right, and like you said, just the trust, like I think people working for a boss like that and having you there to allow them to do that, that it builds even a better culture, and then people get their work done and they do it well, knowing that you trust them to yes. do it when it needs to be done. 100%. Um, and what is next for Brookline? Do you have any... Is there any major plans you can talk about with the company? Well, um, we launched our, so each year we do a strategic theme. Uh, last year was influence, and this year is different. So the theme for 2019 is different. So what, by that, what we want to do is start uh, challenging our clients to think differently. Look at opportunities that we wouldn't maybe perhaps look at before. Um, we're moving into our 15th year of business, so October will be 15 years for Brookline. So I want to make sure that we're really um, capping and kicking off, kicking and capping off the year with different um, strategies, tactics, people, uh, different recruitment strategies, different client strategies, and so that's one thing that we're certainly looking at for the year. In terms of what's you know going to be um, new for Brookline moving forward is we do have a presence in Toronto, we have a presence in Edmonton. We want to make sure that we're looking at clients who need that national reach. And so, um, are we looking at having Brookline uh, agencies throughout the country? Right now, Edmonton perhaps, and perhaps Toronto, and then above and beyond that, strong affiliates throughout the network. That's exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, a couple more questions. Is there a book or podcast that you would recommend to listeners? So let's keep it traditional. Let's talk books. So I got this phenomenal book from my husband at Christmas time. Do you know Dr. Benet Brown? Yes. So Dare to Lead. It's a really good book. And I think for someone who's getting into business or start trying to think about starting their own business and what kind of a leader they want to be, this is a really good book. It kind of opens your eyes to okay, what kind of leaders are out there, who do I want to be, and what kind of a leader am I today? And am I okay with that? And do I need to make some, some shifts or tweaks along the way? I, I loved it. Yeah, that's awesome. Actually, it's sitting on my bedside table. I just bought oh, it. So I'm excited yeah, that you said that yeah, because yeah. I'm so pumped good. to read it. I really like it. Yeah, that's awesome. And where can people find you and Brookline online? Oh, the typical, right? You, is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. So Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we've got our website, which we're looking to relaunch uh, in October when awesome. we have our 15-year anniversary. That's exciting. I know. Cool. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and sharing all your advice. This was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Of course.